OTB GAA. Through when Mike retired, I became the heaviest player in the dressing room, so I was often on Paul Gadden's back before we games. <laughs> Subscribe to the OTB GAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. Gaelic football on off the ball with AIB proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship check out hashtag the toughest for more you're welcome back it's Dublin's All-Ireland they've beaten Kerry 115 to 113 we were speaking with Paddy Andrews there at Crow Park now Keith Higgins is with us on the line evening Keith evening how are we getting on so Dublin I think um, as we were chatting with Paddy and going through the game behind by three points twice in that second half and twice they came back and won out by two points they were probably a touch unlucky to go into the break a point down you'd have to say the better team won that game they outscored Kerry six points to two in the last quarter yeah I think so um, yeah I think they were definitely in control in the first half to look a lot more comfortable um, you know they were sitting back into their defensive shape really good at it Um you know, I suppose they're, they're probably struggling for scores themselves a bit going forward, but like I said, at 6-4 up with about 34 minutes in the clock, they were, they were probably, like I said, they were very comfortable, very happy with that. And then great ball in by Clifford and, and Kerry going a point up. Um, and like I said there, I just thought at stages in that second half, they were probably nearly hanging on a small bit. Mm. Um, Kerry seemed to be expecting this big Dublin um, third quarter press like there's been talked about an awful lot. And they were the ones that came out and they kind of went at it for that first probably 10, 15 minutes. But um, like I said there when you come from three points down twice and you outscore your opposition six points two in the last 20 minutes I think you deserve to win it you know now saying that I suppose look, I thought the last 10 minutes was kind of very un-Dublin like in the fact that when they attacked they turned over a huge amount of ball they were kind of sloppy enough at times um, you know previous years you'd have seen that Dublin team work the ball up take their time take two or three minutes hold the ball and work a score but um, look I don't think you can I think you have to say look the better team won but um, I think the number of turnovers on both sides is probably an indication probably the weather maybe um, I suppose probably nerves in the first half but was, was the intensity that they played it at it kind of caught up in bits in that last 10 minutes maybe Yeah look I think you're right you know we remember different All-Ireland finals for different things last year it's the shootout and the brilliant point taking and the exhibition by Walsh and Clifford I think a defining memory of this year's All-Ireland final will be the conditions and then just turnover city I mean mm. They almost both just got into the habit of not having much respect for possession and they almost, you know, when you're playing like Derry, you, you're that bit more careful in possession because you know you won't get it back for several minutes. They almost kind of, they, it's like a nod of the head at each and said, right, well, let's just go for it and, and you'll go for it and we, you know, turnovers will be the order of the day. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's probably, but at the same time, I wouldn't say they were kind of, either team really went hammer and tongs going after it. You know what I mean? They were attacking, but it was just, well, especially in the last maybe 10 or 15 minutes, whether it was tiredness, you know, like I said, that, you know, the first half, most second half, it was, like, especially the public conditions probably led to it being a bit more physical, a lot of turnovers, a lot of hits. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I don't think Defenses it was a case that it was... very good, in fairness. Yeah, oh, they were absolutely, I think you have to hold your hands up and say that. Um, but, yeah, like I said, it was just very unlike the two teams, you know, turnovers, but again, conditions play a part in that. But I think, obviously, you know, they just got the import scores at the right time. You know, Fenton came, strolled through the middle at one stage, he kicked a massive point and maybe to go a point up. He made that, um, that, that Fenton score. Like, so that like he just drops through, yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's like the game is level. It's the 64th minute. He sort of saunters up like you're, I don't know, 35 minutes into a National League game mm-hmm. and, and, and curls it over as if it's nothing. And you're kind of thinking, that's just put Dublin a point up with five minutes to go in the Northern final and you've made it look completely nonchalant. 
Exactly, yeah. Like I said, he just felt like he jogged forward and maybe it was a case of the fact that Dublin hadn't been attacking at 100 miles an hour throughout the course of the game and they don't really do that. They thought they were just going through their usual kind of setup and Kerry Pedro were just retreating and all of a sudden he finds himself 35 yards out and it's, it's, it's a shoot for or shot for him. So, yeah, it was a strange one. Um, but I suppose, look, and again, without being negative on it, I suppose, look, some one of the talking points of it would be, I suppose, one for Dublin, James McCarthy was a bit off it. You know, considering the performance he's been here, and then obviously there's like a lot of the talk would be of Clifford and I suppose some of the whites he had. You know, I just thought, yeah, look, I, I'm not going to question David Clifford or some of his shot selection. Um, but I just thought, particularly at times when he wasn't getting that space in the full forward line, he came out, he got a bit of ball, and seemed to create space for the other players. You know, at stage in the second half, you know, he tried to force a small bit. You know, he if he held on to that ball, maybe a small bit more came back around. You know, Dublin are going to suck in two or three players to him, and all of a sudden, Paddy Clifford or someone else gets free, and it could be a scoring chance. So, no, it's a fair point. Like, I think, like I said, I, he 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 can't be immune to the talk about him, and therefore the expectation that he'll repeat what he did in last year's All Ireland final. And so, when you feel the game is slipping from you, you can totally understand that anxiousness. That well, look, I have mm. to do it here. I have to go for it. And as you say, you know, holding possession space for somebody else in the cold light of day that's the right thing to do you can really see how he may have got sucked into going for it though yeah absolutely and like I said look I think we've probably all seen David Clifford kick points from the some of the positions that he, he had misses from today so look that's natural that's going to happen but I think you know you look at the Guinea goal in the first half he wins the ball in the end line but because it's David Clifford Howard gets sucked to him and all of a sudden you're there for the one-on-one on the six-yard box yeah. he plays the ball in and they get a goal off it. so I just think I think he created a couple of scoring chances in the first half as well. He kind of started looping out around because he wasn't getting on ball in close to goal and it created that bit more space for, for the other carry forwards. You know, maybe there's a chance he could have done that. But look, I know all too well, you're in the heat of an Ireland final. There's a point or two in it. Your thought process or your concentration isn't probably at 100%. And look, like I said, he probably got a sight on goal, thought he could kick it from where he was. And like I said, I'm not going to question his uh, no. his shot efficiency at this stage. I like He's still a young player in many ways, like we expect so much of him because he's just so gifted. But he'll probably in 10 years time when he's doing an interview about his career, I guarantee you, if you ask him about today, Keith, he'll chalk that up as a learning experience and something. Yeah, I, I, what I took from that game is precisely what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. I think you look down through the history of sport, whether it's GA or any other sport, the best players will always kind of reference states didn't go right, right for them and the learners they got from it. And by all accounts, David, that type of guy, he's always trying to improve and always trying to take lessons from previous games. So no doubt he'll do that. Um, but like, I don't think this, all Ireland this talk should be about David Clifford having a few wides. I think, I think it was a great game to watch. The intensity was there. Uh, it was a really, really interesting game without being, I suppose, a shootout, I suppose, with Jet Dublin hit 180 or 115. Mm. Um, it's still good going given the conditions that were in it. And it felt high stakes throughout, you know, it was thoroughly absorbing. And sometimes absorbing or intriguing is used about a rubbish game. This was actually yeah. a good game. It was it was genuinely absorbing because it felt like either side could land a near fatal blow at any moment. Exactly. Yeah. I think it was, I was just kind of looking at there, it was five points to three after 23 minutes. You know, you, you think of a Dublin Kerry game, you're probably thinking seven, eight points each after 20 minutes, you know. So it was cagey. It was kind of... You know, it was like there was that intensity there where no one was getting that space off. Um, but again, you know, we'll refer back to the conditions that probably had part in that. But yeah, it just wasn't, I suppose, the shootout that maybe we were expecting. But at the same time, it, you were always waiting for something big to happen, always waiting for something good to happen, and you could never take your eyes off it. When you look at the closing 15, 20 minutes, so 
if you're going to win in Ireland, somebody needs to get hot. And in this instance, it was Mannion. There's no doubt he was the man of the match. He was brilliant throughout. But just in that closing um, period, so Mannion hits a free, but then Pascal scores a point and does great McCaffrey play in the build-up. Uh, he won the free. And then Mannion with his fourth, but then Fenton scores that point we referenced where he saunters through and curls it over to put Dublin a point ahead. Killian Spillane equalises. Mannion comes back again. Dean Rock comes back again. Like there's a very nice spread there. Whereas for Kerry, once Sean O'Shea went a bit quiet and once Paddy Clifford, you know, he had that brilliant period midway mm. through the second half. Once O'Shea had quietened in the second half and Paddy uh, Clifford had had his burst and then quietened again. That that issue that maybe if it's an issue, you know, we're talking at, at the level of Dublin Kerry here, so it's an issue in relative terms. But that issue of is there enough of a supporting cast to the marquee names? That sort of felt like the issue for Kerry in those closing 15, 20 minutes, whereas Dublin, you felt, had far more bodies able to pitch up with a score here or there. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I think a lot of, a lot of the talk during the week are leading up to this game of, you know, if you can kind of keep David Clifford quiet on Sean O'Shea, the glass. I think the stat was between the two of them, they had 50% of Kerry scores all year. So yeah. I think that was kind of the narrative was building up to keep them quiet during the great chance. But I think, again, I look at it and you know, yeah, Mannion hits five from play, really vital scores, but I think it was just more so, it was their experienced player stood up there when you really count. I thought John Small was very, very good in the last probably 10 minutes. Like I said, Mannion popped up where you need him to get a score. We talked about that one from Fenton just strolling through. Yeah. I think I would have been critical of Scully before the all Ireland final. I thought he was having a poor year, but I thought when he came on, he got on some important ball. McCaffrey was very involved when he came on. McCaffrey, yeah, but I still thought he looked very rusty as well, you know. Mm, by his standards, yeah. By his standards. So, but again, you know, we're talking about guys there who have countless iron medals in the back pocket and you just can't buy experience at that stage. You know, if there's, you always talk about knowing how to win and these guys just know how to do it. And I know Kerry were there last year, but at the same time, you know, you're talking, like when you're talking the calibre of the players the Dubs have, you know, we didn't probably get the real impact we expected off the Dubs bench, but at the same time, guys kind of stood up when they needed to stand up and just clipped in with one or two important plays. And in a game that was so cagey and so close, that that, that makes a huge difference. Yeah. Well, isn't it amazing in, so McCaffrey does his thing and then in Mannion and Cluxton, Mannion and Cluxton alone is seven points today. Yeah, it's crazy, I think. I didn't see it. I don't think anyone expected Clux to be coming up hitting the 45s or hitting those two frees he did in the first half. But again, you know, everyone was kind of, well, I was wondering, he got that first one. Will he nail it? Will if he doesn't, will it put him off him? And he just strolled up and stroked it over like it was, he was out in the back garden, you know. So again, it just shows the, the level of men, how mentally strong these guys are. Yeah. Con scoreless as well. I mean, like that's that's the other yeah. thing. Like, you know, Con's in scoring terms, Con's not going to do that very often. Hit the crossbar. That felt like it would have been an extraordinary moment. But in Cluxton and Mannion, Con, they weren't on the pitch last year. McCaffrey wasn't on the pitch last year. That's why the, I, I always kind of struggled with the talk in the build up this week, which was along the lines of, well, Kerry have that monkey off their back. Kerry have beaten Dublin. Dublin know Kerry have beaten them. It's a very different Dublin when you've got those three boys back and Con thrown in. It just is. Yeah, absolutely. I think so. You know, I think Paul Murphy said in, a, in an interview, you know, that win last year kind of gave them that belief that they can beat Dublin. But like I said, if you know, it's a, just a completely different Dublin team. Um, funny you mentioned Con there. Like again, by his standards, I thought he was way off with the yeah. ball into him in the first half. 
he stood Tiger Morley up and nine times out of ten he still did a shimmy in that ball in the back of the net it was like he couldn't make up his mind what he wanted to do almost like a, a player yeah. in top form decides early does it with conviction he just oh, will I take a point or oh, maybe I should go for a goal oh, I've ended up doing nothing yeah and to me it looked like he was now again I'm probably way off the mark here but it's just like he was injured or he just hadn't got that step or that push that he usually has when he wins it because Conor Callaghan, I know when he wins that, he's barely got the ball and he's turned and he's got that yard on you. Whereas the, that ball, the one he hit the crossbar in the second half, he got it. He had to turn and stand up his man before he kind of decided what to do. So it's like he just hadn't got that power to push off or something. But, you know, it's, it's a huge one. I think that goal goes in the second half. I think there were a point down at that stage where they had two yeah, points down. Well, Kerry went up straight away and scored a point. Point, if not two points. You know? did, so yeah. It would have been a huge swing. But look, anytime you're winning at Ireland and we're talking about Khan and Coslo not having their best game and them shooting the lights out all year it's not leaving Dublin in a bad spot I think for next year is it? No well isn't that the interesting question though so there's a real sense of short termism about Dublin this year get the big you know Mannion McCaffrey Cluxton even Pat Gilroy in he seems to be very busy outside of GA with his work commitments but there was just a sense of all hands on deck here let's arrest the slide and let's win one and we'll worry about 2024 and 2024 so I don't actually know what this means for Dublin next year I mean if at some stage over the next six months Desi walks away James McCarthy walks away Cluxton says I'm, I'm seriously done now McCaffrey says do you know what I'm busy as well maybe Mannion says I came back for a year who knows but if all that happened then there's a real degree of complete start over Absolutely, yeah. But I suppose, again, I'm looking at it here. Obviously, Cluxton, if he goes, fair enough. I don't think anyone could say that the replacements that came in for him over the last year and a half done anything wrong. But there's a difference, though, you isn't know? there? Uh, there is. But look, I'm just saying, you know, who else are you going to be looking at? Fitzsimons, maybe. McCarthy. Mannion, he's still a young guy. McCarthy's 33, even though, by the way, all the talk from over the last kind of two or three weeks, it's where he was 38. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he went again. Um Dean Rock maybe might leave it. McCaffrey mm. obviously does a, he has a lock on outside his his football career, but he's still a relatively young guy. So yeah, there's probably question marks over three, four, five of them players. But yet, I wouldn't be one bit surprised if four of them five were back again next year. Well, and listen for I mean, you know, so Cluxton, uh, Fitzsimons, McCarthy, they may well say, well, ten sounds awfully nice, you know. Why, why stop at nine because then then it can be a real last <laughs> dance let's have a last last dance you know there's always one more year and then who knows what Desi, Desi's thinking because he's shipped a lot of criticism busy man as well two All-Irelands in four years bookended his four years that sounds very nice like that's a perfectly nice time to sail off into the sunset and you've you know to yeah. follow Gavin in most most instances you're David Moyes after the legend and he's managed to really stamp his own you know, CV in very nice terms here. So he might think now's a lovely time to exit. Yeah, probably would be. It'd be and like no one would criticise him if he did. Um, so yeah, look, even if Desi was to go, a new manager comes in, you might get a bounce out of some of the other players again. Look, it's hard to know it's all speculation yeah. at the moment. But look, I think from them, for Dublin, they're not going to be too worried. They're not going to be thinking about 2024 for another week or two weeks. <laughs> I know, yeah, they're really getting ahead of ourselves. What about Kerry then? Because uh, in a way, like, whoever lost today there'd be a real sense of actually you didn't actually beat anyone all year you know mm. an understrength or you know Tyrone side not quite firing group stage is fine Munster fine Derry they were very ropey at times in the semi-final and now they lose the final like there's a bit of soul searching in Kerry I would think I, I don't know what Jack O'Connor's intentions are either I think there will be yeah um, and it's funny like kind of thinking of Kerry 
all the top carry all year. Obviously, they, during the league, they were ups and downs, strolled through months through that fine. Obviously, did the game with Mayo down in Killarney. But I always just had in the back of my mind that Kerry wouldn't really be taking this very serious until they got out of that group stage of the until the round robin or the championship. So, and you just have to kind of always think that when they have the forwards that they have, what my thinking on it around the year was when they have the forwards that they have, they're always going to be there or thereabouts. I suppose what we've seen today was maybe they just don't have that backup that they really have for David Clifford, Sean O'Shea, Paddy Clifford. You know, I thought Gini was good in the first half in fairness. He showed well. Yeah. You know, it was unlucky for another point or two, but again, he's been around a good while. Um, Stephen O'Brien, the same. I thought Darren Moyne, in fairness, was kind of quietly effective in the first half without probably doing anything um, amazing. But I suppose, again, you're looking at the subs, Ben, saying there was nothing really to come in and kind of maybe give that spark. Um, bar maybe Kitty and Spillane, Ridge and Spillane, you know. So, probably, yeah, probably, more, quite... the, probably more the subs, Ben, isn't it? Like they, they, their first 15 is fairly formidable for sure. You, you, you'd send it out and, and fancy your chances. But yeah. that last 15, 20 minutes, there was always a sense they would need to be ahead of Dublin to win, be, given the benches, and so it proved. So maybe that's where Jack O'Connor's focus is. We need to get a panel of 20 here. Yeah, and look, it's it's not like countless times over the last number of years, you'd hear of different teams and, you know, oh, they need to find a couple of new players next year. Like, it's not a case of you just find a new players or you go out and buy a new player. Yeah. Like, they're either there or they're not there. Yeah. You know, and yeah, there might be a young guy coming through, but it'll take, probably take him a couple of years to, to redevelop or to kind of get, to get up to that level bar unless you're David Clifford, Sean Shea, when you come in straight out of minor and you're just exceptional talent, you know. Mm. So it's not a case you can just find a couple of players over the winter. This thing has to be developed. So from Kerry, you're, you know, they're probably in the same boat. This could be a kind of a, a long-term rebuilding thing to get them a panel of 20 players, but at the same time, when you still have the couple of forwards that they have, they're still going to be probably in your top two, three teams in the country. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, it's uh, strange to say it, but here we are on July 30th, season done, into club championship now. Keith, thanks a million for your time. Appreciate it. Not at all, that's yeah. Thanks very much. See you. Keith Higgins with us on the line, giving us his take on Dublin 115, Kerry 113. Amazing scenes, by the way, on the TV in front of me. Stephen Cluxton, wasn't it in um, 11? Was he straight down the tunnel afterwards? I think it was 11. Didn't overly celebrate. He very much enjoyed a lap of honour here. Lots of waves and smiles. And if that is a farewell, it's a very fitting one. And Dublin really celebrated that Ireland like a team that were um, hurting over the last 24 months or so.